Welcome to Washoe Life, our podcast that highlights the people in Northern Nevada who are making things happen in our community. I'm your co-host, Nancy Lewin-Hagan. And I'm Bethany Drysdale, and we're going to dive into a, a pretty weighty subject here today about mental health in our community and the lack of resources that are available to address this problem. The shortage of mental health providers, coupled with the inadequate Medicaid reimbursement rate in Nevada, has created a significant gap in accessible mental health services. And it's increased over the last two years, uh, and then some. But there is some good news on the horizon. So that's, that's what we're talking about today. Absolutely. The gap is uh, became much wider with the closure of the 95-bed West Hills Behavioral Health Hospital, closed about two years ago. And it was a significant loss to our region, greatly reduced the availability of behavior, behavioral health beds. Back in December of last year, Washoe County allocated $4.8 million in COVID recovery funds to purchase the shuttered West Hills Hospital. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Now, earlier this month, the Board of County Commission approved that purchase for the use of a mental health facility. And with that, let's bring in today's guests who can tell us more about the process and the future plans. Today, Bethany, we have Washoe County Manager Eric Brown. Welcome, sir. Thank you. And in addition, we have our Interim Human Services Director, Ryan Gustafson. Thank you both for joining us today. Absolutely. So nice to have you here. And Eric, we're going to set the stage for this. And uh, West Hills property just down the, is just down the street from the Washoe County Administrative Complex. When it closed, and I, I do know you well, sir, but when it closed, did the wheels start turning for you? Uh, yeah, I was uh, actually sitting in my office uh, that morning. I remember it was a dreary, rainy morning watching the news, the morning news. And I saw this announcement, and um, I immediately thought um, how catastrophic this would be to lose all those beds in a community that, that is already straining or struggling with uh, the provision of mental health services. So um, I just decided uh, maybe if I walk over there and talk to the guy who I had met on a couple of occasions who was a, a general manager, I can find out what's going on. And um, so I did that, and he was very gracious. And he really, at that time, uh, apparently they had not decided what they wanted to do with it. And I said, well, listen, if you should decide to sell it, I'm the county manager, and uh, I would just want you to understand the county would be an interested buyer um, because of uh, NRS statutes about how we can go about acquiring properties like this. We're never going to win a bidding war. But um, if you're interested in selling it and you want to sell it to an entity that will not compete with you, uh, if you want to sell it to an entity that can help the community, we hope you will consider us. So, uh, Nancy, that's how it started. Uh, about oh, four months went by, I didn't hear anything. And um, I ran into uh, Helen uh, Lindholm, who is the local CEO of the Northern Nevada Medical Center. Um, their parent company actually owned West Hills. And I explained to her what I had done. And um, the next morning, I got a call from their corporate real estate office, and we started a discussion about the county acquiring it. I just want to follow up quickly because you have a 
background with health healthcare and healthcare providers. So you're perhaps thinking of this much differently than the rest of us might in, in government. I do. I, I Prior to coming to uh, Washoe County, I was the president of the California Telehealth Network, which is a nonprofit entity that provides um, technology services to safety net hospitals and clinics all over California. So, yes, I had uh, seen firsthand over the, maybe a seven-year stretch um, how important mental health services are to uh, to communities and, and particularly to um, the safety net um, disadvantaged aspects uh, uh, parts of the community. So uh, I, I had a, a real clear understanding of how important this is. And Ryan, bringing you into that, at this point, it makes perfect sense because you are the interim director of the Human Services Agency. You've worked in this field for quite a while, and this directly impacts what you do every day. Uh, yes, it really does. I uh, I came from the state where I had done uh, various behavioral and mental health work, uh, about 23 years in the field, and now in total 14 years with the state. And uh, was the deputy administrator for children's mental health specifically, and uh, at, coming to the county in 2017 uh, in the child welfare field, uh, there is a very direct uh, correlation and link uh, when it comes to uh, mental and behavioral health needs and child welfare. And the loss of West Hills. And actually, we should mention you worked there as well. So first, tell us a little bit about that. I did. I worked there for nearly five years. Uh, primarily worked in the adolescent and pediatric unit um, that made up about 30 beds. And then occasionally I would work on the detox unit uh, for adults. So what was the closing of West Hills? Um, how did that impact our community? It's been, uh, it's been very significant. And I think that we're still discovering the impacts uh, as we move forward. We were actually, I, I feel like we were moving in a, in, in a solid direction when it came to mental and behavioral health services pre-COVID. And then when we saw what the closure of West Hills in those 95 beds, um, again, about 30 of those beds was for youth. And then there were some detox beds and some adult beds. Um, it really left a gap in the community. It leaves us with one psychiatric uh, hospital. That hospital does not currently have a pediatric unit. So in Marshall County, we currently have zero beds for um, acute mental health needs for children uh, up to 12 years old. All right. So the need's been identified. Building has been purchased. What are the next steps in getting these doors back opened on this property? What do you envision, Manager Brown? Well, I think, first of all, uh, there's a lot of work that has to be done to um, bring the property itself up to county standards. Um, needs a new roof, uh, needs HVAC system, things like that. Uh, and that's going to take about a year, uh, we think, to get that all in place. So in parallel to that, uh, what we want to do is start discussions with the relevant stakeholder organizations around the county um, to talk about, um, you know, what are the best uses uh, for this this amazing property um, so that, you know, as we uh, begin doing the more intricate build out of the facility itself. Um, we're doing that informed by those who are touching these uh, populations as to uh, what's most important uh, to meet the needs of the community. And certainly 
Ryan and our uh, human services agency will be a part of that. I, I, uh, law enforcement will be part of that. The people, uh, the, if you think about the uh, juvenile justice system, uh, folks over at Jan Evans or um, public defender, all public defender, the courts, there are a lot of touch points uh, where people with uh, behavioral health issues uh, are cycling through that we want to understand their perspectives before we make any specific plans. A year is not very long. So th- we're, we're moving on this. Yeah, we can't. Well, the community needs it. So um, we, I just don't think we have the luxury of uh, uh, messing around with this. Um, and, um, you know, the county is blessed. We, we have a great facilities group. You've seen their work um, with uh, the CARES campus and prior to that with our place. Um, and uh, these these folks are really professionals, and um, I think, uh, again, we need to be clear about what we want to use the property for, and that will help drive um, the build-out to, to make things happen, but uh, we're going we're gonna to put a sense of urgency behind it. I'm glad that you brought up our place and the CARES campus. So, it obviously, well, let's, let's talk about that theory that that would further reduce the burden then on the county, yes? I, absolutely, I would say it would reduce the burden. What One of the great things about that building is it, it can be sort of multi-purposed in that once you get in behind the, the main doors is there's a number of different wings in there. So you could utilize one wing for um, seniors that have specific behavioral health needs. You could use another wing for short-term stabilization for children, uh, and they would never have to interact or even know that they are in the building at the same time. And then we we would have the, you know, partnering with a provider, correct? We uh, create a model that allows for Medicaid reimbursement. Is that? I, I think ideally, yes. Yes, if we were to work with a provider, we could find a, a good reimbursement model in place. As you mentioned earlier, the current Medicaid rates in Nevada are not necessarily as competitive as uh, certainly uh, a private pay or a cash pay rate. It's probably half of what that is. And so it's really created some difficulties in this community when it comes to the the vulnerable population that often may have Medicaid or be uninsured completely. So it was 95 beds. We don't really know what the makeup of the next iteration will be. But what does that mean? How does that fill the need? What what are the stats locally and, and maybe statewide? What well, and, and I can tell you at a statewide level in 2022, Mental Health America released its annual State of Mental Health in America report, which looks at basically 15 different measures for mental health. And it ranks each state. And Nevada has remained uh, number 51 for its sixth consecutive year. So a um, couple other sort of, uh, I would say, critical and eye-opening stats. We rank 36th in suicide rates, which is actually better than we have been in years past. That was a move up from the last couple of years. Rank 49th in youth mental illness, 12 to 17 years old. We rank 45th in youth experiencing severe uh, major depressive episodes. 38th in serious mental illness over the last year across all ages. Uh, 45th adults with substance use disorders. The list really goes on and on. And so I think that we um, have a great opportunity here to, to identify the need and identify um, the best use of a facility like this. And definitely a multi, 
use approach. And when we talk about kids, I feel like, um, as you said earlier, and I, but it's, it's worth another mention, that they are, they're not being serviced at all in this community, correct? No, for the pediatric population, we do, we do not have any acute beds. I think what that does is it puts, um, it puts an undue burden on hospitals, on, on primary care hospitals. So when you have um, a mental health uh, episode or an acute episode, you'll wind up in Renown, you'll wind up in St. Mary's, you'll wind up in Northern Nevada, and, that, and then you're filling that bed and not necessarily getting the mental health services and treatment that you need. And so it just becomes a... Um, a stabilization, sort of a Band-Aid. And ideally, you would have a treatment milieu that you could go in for a few days or a week, um, get a psychiatric evaluation, see if there's medications uh, that could be adjusted or taken a look at. Um, You're part of a structured therapy setting where you have groups, you have individual sessions, and then you stabilize, and then you are able to then shift back into the community and then go into a, a a less restrictive environment. When we miss that part of the continuum of care um, and we miss that gap, it creates undue pressures on other areas of the system. And we've seen that impact the foster care system. We've seen that uh, impact our emergency shelter system where we had um, three years ago, we had an average, uh, average daily census of seven children. And today the average daily census is 29 children. So you really see... Um, the dominoes fall in an unfortunate way. Ryan talked about the continuum of care, and and Eric, that's something I hear you talk about a lot. This is basically the approach that we've taken overall with Homelessness Cares Campus, our place. Yes, (laughs) it is. And it's a model that's uh, uh, used around the country, uh, endorsed by, uh, by HUD, uh, how the Department of Housing and Urban Development. And it's a way of making sure that um, all the stakeholders in a given community have a voice um, as to how the services are delivered. Uh, there's an exchange of best practices generally at the, uh, at the continuum of care level. So whether they're nonprofit organizations or governmental organizations like, uh, you know, Ryan and and our human services agency, faith-based groups, all all the above are are included in the continuum of care. And it's it's a very important consortium. It takes a lot of work because, you you know, you're, you're dealing with a lot of different perspectives and agencies. But uh, it's well worth it in terms of making sure that community need is uh, is understood. So, what do you say to the people who say four point eight million dollars? <laughs> do you know what we could do with four point eight million dollars? What do you say to those people? I say yes, and we're doing exactly what we should be doing uh, with the four point eight million. And um, look, the this state is, as Ryan will tell you has been exporting kids to other states for mental health treatment. Now, just stop and think about that. What, who feels good about the fact that over a number of years, the state of Nevada, if your kid has uh, an issue maybe on the autism spectrum or other behavioral health issues, and, they, and we come to you and say that the only way to, to treat little Eric properly is we're going to have to ship them to Utah or Alabama or Sacramento. So they're no longer in your community. Who feels good about that? 
so the $4.8 million, um, which, by the way, is funded through ARPA, so these are Recovery Act funds. Uh, this is not coming out of the county's general fund. Um, uh, this, this is um, both a, a high priority that needs to be met, and it's also um, a steal when you consider the fact that this kind of property – which is what, Ryan, 46,000 square feet or so, is uh, you, uh, there aren't any other properties where this exists. If we had to go uh, find it somewhere and acquire the property, uh, put in the utilities and, and, and all the infrastructure and then build it, you couldn't do it for what we purchased this property for. How do you feel about that, Ryan? What do you say to detractors? Well, I, I say that... Um I think that this community needs to continue to recognize and work on the stigma around mental and behavioral health. I think it's difficult when it's not necessarily something that's seen. Um, But John Hopkins just last year said that 26% of American adults have a diagnosable mental health condition in any given year. And so it's very real. Um, and it's absolutely in our community, and it uh, unfortunately oftentimes hits our most vulnerable populations. And I, I would agree with Manager Brown that this is absolutely um, it's a needed uh, building. It's an important and needed project that we that we move towards. It hits our most vul- vulnerable populations, but it hits every population. I think what you just said is so incredible about twenty five percent of adults. Uh, so you're telling me I'm a parent of two teenagers. They have some sort of problem, some sort of breakdown, and they would have nowhere to go. Um, they their options would certainly in Washoe County right now they would be limited. Wow. Um, we do have one acute psychiatric hospital in Reno Behavioral Health. Uh, they do have at, they do have an adolescent unit that that shifts around. Um, they do not have a pediatric unit. Um, so um, again. That certainly limits options, and it certainly limits beds. Uh, so, yeah, I would I would say that there's there's some limitations on uh, what's available in the community at this time. I think the other thing I would add is um, we have people sitting in our county jail uh, today. Um, we have people at the CARES campus. We have people at our place who really shouldn't be there. They're only there because... They have mental health issues, and they need the proper treatment. And uh, we have nowhere else to send, to send them today, so they go to the jail or they go to the CARES campus or our place. And in many cases, they're cycling through these locations, so they may be at the, at the jail today, and uh, they haven't committed a crime, or they, the, you know, they get released, and they may be at the CARES campus next week. So uh, there's, there's this gap in our system um, for these folks. And, um, again, we haven't made final decisions about uh, all the services that will be offered at the facility, but uh, those are some of the considerations. Um, those people are taking up and occupying space in other uh, facilities that the county runs, and that costs us money also. So this is a way of getting our arms around that. So at the Board of County Commissioners meeting, when this was approved, it was kind of a beautiful moment. We have five commissioners with different perspectives on how money should be spent, um, priorities in the county, but they all un- decided unanimous to approve this. And, and it was a powerful moment for you, wasn't it? 
It was. Um, I got a little misty-eyed, but uh, uh, I want to thank the commission for the support of this project. And, um, you know, it, it's just a testament to the understanding that this is a fundamental community need that has to be addressed. And I think the commissioners understood that. That's awesome. And I, and I think the passion of you, Eric Brown, and you, Ryan Gustafson, will help culminate and bring this together. Thank you so much for sharing this with us and, you know, letting our listeners know this is important stuff and this is stuff that is happening at the local level that will impact every, everyday life. So this is, this is what we do at Washoe County and, it, and it's important stuff. So thank you for sharing that with us. Thank, thank you, you both. Thank you both for coming on Washoe Live and learning more about what we're doing here. It's a pretty awesome community, wouldn't you say? I would have to say yes. <laughs> All right. Until next time, have a wonderful day.